This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep. With your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. So here is the good news. Uh, we're not going to talk about the debate too much. Uh, we're we're going to really try not to talk about the debate for more than at least just to acknowledge it this morning. Uh, that's the good news. Uh, and also, we got a lot, a lot of other news to discuss. Uh, the bad news is markets just sort of don't really know, I think, how to react to uh, whatever you want to call that last night. Uh, so a bit of uh, uncertainty here this morning. The one-minute chart in the S&P futures, I find, it was, is enlightening uh, in, in terms of how the market is, was reacting to that in real time. Um, we got a lot to discuss, as I mentioned, besides the debate. We've got some vaccine news. We've got uh, some M&A potential. We've got two direct listings today, which I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, so Palantir and Asana both IPOing today via the direct listing process. Uh, we'll talk about that. Our guest is Kenny Glick. He would join us at 835. He's from hitthebid.com. So a lot to get to besides the debate. Uh, Joel, how are we doing overnight here? I, I mentioned the uncertainty and just the market not really knowing how to interpret that. Yeah, good morning, Spencer. Uh, nice range overnight. Uh, got up near uh, Tuesday's high, but failed. Tuesday's high was 33.63. We got to 33.58 and a quarter. And then we had a nice dip there, and uh, that got us right near the low on Monday. So we'll just uh, not going to split hairs here. And this is called 32.90 on the downside, uh, major support, because that was the uh, the low from Monday, and that was also the low overnight. Currently down 17 and a half handles at 33.16 and a quarter. You have crude in the red by uh, 13 cents at 39.16. You have gold giving back that $1,900 level down 1340 at 1889.80. Silver down 60 cents at 23.84 and a half. And Bitcoin, that loses 11,000. That's down $45 at 10,770. Uh, Triple D, I know you didn't get to uh, trade that debate because it was on. Uh, after the eight o'clock close, well, but, you could uh, trade the futures, but I don't like trading the futures. Yeah, yep. So, what there, did you what did you see at uh, after the close, and then at four a.m.? I mean, we're just looking here. Um, you know, we'll give one minute thoughts on the debate. Is if you were sitting down for the first time, like, and you really didn't understand their platforms, and I'm still not sure if I understand their platforms, you really learned nothing from that debate. It was just a heated battle. They argued a lot, but they told you nothing about any plans for anything. So I don't think either candidate won. I think they both lost, and I think um, America lost too. It was just a terrible debate. 
I'll never get that 90 minutes back. I watched the whole thing and I was like, wow, I learned absolutely nothing. And all I did was watch a fight. That's the takeaway. I'll never get that time back. <laughs> no, I'll never get the time back. I learned absolutely nothing. Um, the futures didn't know what to do with it either. They rallied it through the entire debate and then they're like, oh, it's over and we didn't learn anything and uh, we don't know who won. So more uncertainty than they pulled the rug out from the futures. They tanked it overnight. Um, they brought it back to even almost, but now they're down again. So futures all over the place. Nobody knows. Traders don't know what to make of that. You know, if, if it was decidedly that Trump won, I would think the futures would be up. If it was decidedly that Biden won, I would think the futures would be down. So maybe the market's saying that Biden won, but I don't think anything's decidedly. I, I would just say I'm glad I watched baseball last night. Uh, oh, that would have been the better call. Man. Better, better decision for sure. Yeah, uh, sure. just just yeah. terrible just terrible it was uh, it was eh. yeah. I, I think that's enough said about it because we didn't learn anything from it anyway so what's the point to even talking about it yep pretty much today is going to be a weird day though i mentioned the, the direct listings but i don't know if we've ever had a day with two direct ip direct listing ipos on the same day palantir and asana uh, the only give us the uh, symbols on those. The only companies that yeah sure Palantir is uh, PLTR mm-hmm. and Asana is ASAN. For whatever it's worth, both have ties to Facebook. Uh, Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel, of course, the founder of uh, Palantir, early investor in Facebook, and the founder of Asana was uh, in, uh, also a uh, one of the Facebook founders. So uh, both have ties to Facebook. I only companies I can think of that, that have done this the direct listing uh, Spotify and Slack. Um, so it will probably take several hours, if not at least till the early afternoon, to get these things traded because, remember, they're not raising new money. They're just letting the existing shareholders sell their shares on the open market. So it, it will probably take – and to make matters worse, you've got bo- – uh, both companies using the same two firms, Morgan Stanley and Citadel. So it could take quite a while for us to see any trading in, in these two names, but have it on your radar. Uh, that makes today a, a pretty unique day just for the market. Uh, in terms of overall sentiment here, we mentioned the debate and the uncertainty uh, behind that. Also a number of headlines related to COVID vaccines. Uh, Moderna was out with the headline. So was Regeneron. Uh, so you've got that factoring, in, factoring into things this morning as well. Both were bullish. Obviously. And, and the market was up on those headlines last night before the debate. We were up substantially. We were up about 15 handles. And, um, you know, and most of that happened right after four o'clock. The big spike right at four o'clock was because of the Regeneron data. Regeneron had halted. So you didn't see the move in Regeneron until after five o'clock when it came out of the halt. But the overall market spiked up about 14 handles when that Regeneron data broke. So you would think coming in logically, you're going to have a reopening trade here today. It quietly is to a certain extent because the Qs are down 0.56%. IWM full of reopening stocks only down 0.23%. If you do look, the cruise lines have been trading up all morning. They were trading up last night as well. Some of the airlines, they're down now, but they were up earlier so you are seeing a little bit of separation, but this is now a market with zero direction too. Um, I think you've, I think we've been nailing it when we've been saying the last few days that sell the rips and buy the dips. Fade trade is the play. Last night, if you're fading the overnight spike, you're getting rewarded immediately. Future sell back off. The buy the dippers come in. I'm not sure we're going to get any real clear direction here in the next month, unless you know we start getting clear, you know, a clear winner here coming out of the presidency but the uncertainty makes the market uncertain as well so 
I think it's going to be, it's continuing to be a chop fest. And I think you're selling reps and buying dips. Uh, clear so people, clear sponsor, some people are having problems with like video on like iPads and. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I responded to one of you. Uh, if you're hearing us, but not seeing us, mm, I guess I could say try refreshing. I'm not really sure. I'll work, okay. work on that throughout the show here. It's working on my end. Yeah. Well, it's working on, on desktop. I, I'm I, I'm going to hop on mobile right now and see how that's working. Okay. Uh, just go. Well, you started out with the, the drug stocks and um, just going on the past history. Last couple times, these pops uh, and this vaccine news really haven't been holding as much. They've uh, tended to give a little bit back. That what is what you've seen. For all in, of it. Yeah. That's what you saw in Moderna. You got to 7480, and you can see this congestion here on the daily at 75. So you want to see that tested and taken out. But the longer it takes to get to 75 and over 75, maybe you'll slip back into yesterday's range. That's a look at Moderna. Uh, Regeneron, that got the pop too, hit 595 right on the right on the nose. That's kind of in no man's land there at 595. Uh you do have a pair of highs in the 600 handle, but that's quite a ways away. I don't think if you got there, if you didn't get there this morning, that's uh, that's 610, 50, 611 is the major resistance. In order to get back into yesterday's range, you got a got a ways to go. You got to fall to 576. That's that's oh, it's only six bucks away, so that that could happen. Uh, but both have peeled off their uh, their. Their after hours pre market highs. There's been separation here, and you could call it a stock picker's market because we have seen some separation in some of the tech names. Peloton chat saying broke through $100. It had done it a few days ago, but broke through $100 once again and closing above $100. Um, but then you saw Zoom going the other way. So separation within the stay at home trade as well, which is always interesting. Um, so yeah, so you're seeing Zoom have a significant fall yesterday. And then if you look, um, just, you know, even separation within electrification of cars, your Tesla really going nowhere, but Neo, and we've talked about this one, I am long Neo in my swing trading portfolio because I've been waiting for the breakout here. Um, Trader Stewie actually alerted me to this on Twitter there about a week and a half ago. And that's when I went long it. It's been just doing nothing like hanging out. Well, not doing nothing, but chomping around within the range. We finally broke out on NIO. It is up another 80 cents here this morning. Some of the Chinese stocks really lifting here this morning, which we haven't talked about as well. Alibaba's up $5. Uh, maybe that's to do with singles day, but NIO, big lift here, breakout. I am long. What are your thoughts here, NIO and Alibaba? Uh, good call on the NIO because I, I know when you bought that, it was just it was just kind of hanging out. It wasn't, mm. you know, it wasn't pressing up. But, the, you know, that just goes when when stocks hang around a level too long, they usually push their way through it. Right. And that's uh -huh. eventually what you had. Uh, you got the 2174.89 here. Uh, top of yesterday's range was 21.12. I mean, there's no resistance, right? I don't, I, you know, maybe look at your average daily range a little bit later on for a potential target, which could be a buck and a half, two bucks here on this. Uh, but a clear breakout yesterday and follow through. The only thing is, is that this is going to be the, the fifth day of this rally. So I don't know. You may may see a little profit takers coming in. See what happens at twenty two pre market high, twenty one eighty five. But just move your stop up and not trying to uh, you know and pick a top. Just move your stop up. And maybe get taken out in some downward momentum. Singles days is in November, right? Isn't it? Is yeah. that what is the day? Yeah. Was it, didn't Alibaba have something though? 
It's November 11th. Yeah. No, what was I thinking about then? I have no idea. They had their investor. Oh, day? the investors day. Sure. What? Yeah. Well, it's up six bucks. Why is it up six bucks? <laughs> then it's up six bucks just because it's up six bucks. It's got to be news. Oh, Dennis, it doesn't always have to be news for stuff. That six dollar moving Baba is always going to be news, hundred percent of the time. Let's go uh, check it out. There's going to be news. Alibaba has a price target raise after Investor Day, so it was Investor's Day. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I screwed it up saying Singles Day was Investor's Day. So, anyways, it was a day okay. for Alibaba, and it's having a day here this morning. I'm long Alibaba. Full disclosure, I've been long it for about a year. I'm sticking with it. This is a breakout for Alibaba as well. Um, Eighty-four, eighty-six. There's your target. A lot of times, like I said, what's your target? No, it, it got to 8486, 28486. Oh, day trading target. Yeah, day trading target. That's that's just well, that's the pre-market high. Uh really nothing there on the dailies to 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 support that as being the high of the day. It's that little bit negative of a market. Uh eighty three seventy-eight, I see is a daily high. I'm leaving out the two. I hope I'm not confusing you. And then a uh, real juicy target today would be two ninety seventy-three. That was your high on September 3rd, but this had a pullback. Yeah, I guess it did pull back by the, like the rest of the tech stocks, but uh, it just doesn't seem like as it was deep as some of the others. And Bob also did that in March. It, it had the correction, got beat up pretty bad, but I think on a percentage base, it had held up pretty well. I, I, speaking of singles day, which, you know, it isn't for a couple months, but I, I love how, I love the difference in, in cultures between the U S and China. Like in the U S we have, Black Friday, where it's basically just an, an excuse to get away from your family and go shopping. And in China, we have are you single? Are you not mar- married or dating? Then go shopping on the internet and buy some stuff you don't need. <laughs> but yeah, I just love the difference in culture. Uh, what about Black Friday this year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Cyber Monday. I'm short Black Friday, long Cyber Monday. <laughs> yeah. I, I, trades think, in there, Joel. I think I think the last six months have been Cyber Monday. I don't know. Last six years. <laughs> True. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So we covered Regeneron uh, and, and the vaccine news. And, and, House and, and, House. and yeah. Okay. Disney. Disney announced layoffs uh, last night. I guess the park reopenings aren't going as great. As shocker, as as maybe some people may have thought, they're laying off twenty eight thousand, twenty eight thousand, twenty eight thousand workers. That's a lot of workers uh, at their at their uh, domestic theme parks. Twenty. I mean, 000. come on, we're in a, a pandemic. Who who's going to Disney World? So they cited low park attendance. Oh, come on, obviously we're not going to have high park attendance. I mean, this is the market that just doesn't trade anything. Obvious. I mean, and you know now it's selling off. Oh, look, the park attendance is lo- too low at Disney, and they're doing layoffs, so it's down two and a half bucks. I mean, this is obvious. Guy says. I mean, there's probably eventually going to be some layoffs. Like you just think about the Disney story, and I know people. You know, yes, Disney best franchise. I loved Disney before February. I was a Disney fan before February, and I'm still a Disney fan, but I'm not a fan of the stock because I just don't know when we're going to get past this. The franchise brand is awesome, but they're in ground zero as well. And I look at this with 0% dividend. They slashed the dividend to zero. 
the parks attendance is not coming back anytime soon. And that's the bulk of the revenue. We've talked about that before breaking it down. It's 40% of the revenue. So you can say, oh yeah, Disney Plus is awesome, but it's not making up for those parks revenue. And here we are paying the same price, $125. We were last year. This is where the stock was last year, $125, $30. Is there no discount for a pandemic COVID and a 0% dividend and nobody going to the parks? Is there no discount for that? There's none. So if you think Disney's cheap right now, it's not. I mean, if we get past it, you know, maybe that's, but, you know, the time to buy Disney was, I guess, back in March, April, May, time to buy everything. If you pull back to the low 100s, then at least you're getting a COVID discount. But right now, I don't even think you're getting a COVID discount. So I don't think Disney Plus is worth, in, in, and people are saying, oh, it's all the Disney Plus that's keeping it elevated, but no. I don't think Disney Plus is worth 50 or or $100 a share here. I think Disney Plus is worth something, uh, but the parks is the bigger source of revenue, and they're laying people off. So you know what? This market, though, it'll buy the dip. It'll find the silver lining and probably come back just because it's Disney, but I, I, I'm not buying Disney when it's $125, paying the same price I paid for it last year with no earnings possibly negative earnings right now no dividend and a pandemic still going on and no timeline for when the pandemic's going to end so lower disney 105 110 i may be interested in the longer term short term i can't get on board but you do have support at 120 those two lows yeah I, I was just gonna you know support is support until it's taken out i mean you just have to look at that on a Man, twenty eight thousand. I can't remember when I heard layoffs of twenty eight thousand anywhere. I mean, that is a huge, huge number. Uh, but Dennis is right. There's a pair of lows right here, uh, which we may see today. One, just call it just under one twenty one. Must hold level for Disney. After that, you fall into your gap area from earnings, I believe. And that easily takes you down to 118.35. So there's a good setup. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see the bottom of yesterday's range, which is an earshot here. If you want to wiggle out at 123.68, you may get a look at that. And actually, it traded up there not too long ago. It traded almost unchanged. So, or not unchanged, I'm sorry. It traded to the low of yesterday. So keep an eye on that resistance, 123.68, support. At 121. People challenging my 40%. Quick Google search took one second. In 2019, Disney Parks Experiences and Consumer Products segments from CNBC garnered $6.17 billion in revenue during the second quarter of ending March 30th, representing 41.3% of Disney's total revenue. So I think my 40% ballpark number was pretty close. So something to think about here is if Disney is saying, hey, look, our attendance has not come back the way we thought it would, what about the other parks you got sea world how's sea world you got six flags you got you got cedar point f-u-n s-i-x s-e-a-s i mean all these stocks so sea world we 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 didn't like sea world before this and obviously i had the big run-up so it's a better discount i mean disney's giving you no discount really at all so SeaWorld's 35 to 20. So you are getting a COVID discount there if you're buying it now. Fun, which is Cedar Point, which is an awesome park. I've been there lots of times. And I'm, I don't ride roller coasters anymore. But when I did, those are awesome coasters. $50 down to 27. So you're getting almost a 50% discount in that one. Um, and then the other one you said was uh, Six, Six Flags. Yeah. And Six Flags back in March was 40. And now it's 20. So you're getting a 50% discount in Six Flags. There's 50% discount in Fun. And... Uh, say call it a 30% discount in SeaWorld and Disney is giving you nothing. 
<laughs> maybe 10 bucks. So maybe, maybe call it a five or 7% discount. So not getting much of a discount. I mean, you expect Disney is going to hold up. We know Disney isn't going to go under. Disney is going to survive. You know, you don't ha- know the same with the SeaWorld. Um, or, you know, I, I think Cedar Point's going to be, which is fun. I think that's going to be fine too. But it's going to take a long time for people to get their confidence back to go to these parks and for the parks themselves to figure it out. I mean, we had a Rosenblatt analyst on CNBC last night discussing Disney and the park attendance, and he's got a buy on it. And in the same sentence, after he just says eventually they're going to get back to their revenues, in the next sentence, the Rosenblatt analyst says, well, we don't know what the park's experience looks like going forward. And he was talking and citing uh, Universal Studios was supposed to open another park, and they put that on hold because they don't know what it is going forward. So, you know, here's the analyst is saying, well, it's all going to, we're going to get past COVID, and everything's going to go back to the way it was. And the next sentence saying, we don't know what the park experience is, is going forward. This is an analyst that covers the stock. So he doesn't know either. So, I mean, I look here and I have so many unknowns with Disney. Why am I going to pay the same price I was paying for the stock last year? Disney Plus is not that worth that much. That's my opinion. Oh, no, I mean, better, that, better safer plays for my money. Yeah. Um, I, I looked at uh, Six Flags. That's the one that's been the, the laggard. I mean, it did double. Uh, don't, forget, don't forget that Six Flags cut their dividend before COVID, like back in February. They were already in trouble. Yeah, they were already in trouble before this crisis. So they have seventy dollars down to forty, and then COVID hit, and it took them down to ten bucks. And we thought everything was going to go under, and they're there. They come back. I, I don't know. I, do you want to buy any of these things? I, I, there's just too many unknowns for me. I think about you. Think about how easy the tech trade has been, and this is why the tech trade is crowded. Because you know what? These stocks, you know, we got record earnings coming from like Salesforce and Workday. I mean, and, and, and so many other, you know, all, all the big tech names. And then you want to go and try to, you know, go into the gutter and try to call a turnaround, a time turnaround in Six Flags or SeaWorld. It's really tough to do. So I, 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 I think it's just tough. I think you, you could be right. Maybe this is going to be the bottom. Maybe we're going to get a vaccine tomorrow and all these stocks are going to take off. But, you know, we do have, you know, hopes like the vaccines getting closer. Regeneron and Moderna both coming out with some positive data there yesterday. But even with the positive data, the stocks aren't responding like they were before. When you had positive data for Regeneron, and maybe we could blame the debate last night, um, you saw the reopening stocks catch a significant bid. And you're not even seeing that reaction anymore. So one, they're coming numb, becoming numb to the vaccine news. Or two, the, the stocks themselves think we're a lot further away than a few weeks from a vaccine. And I think that's what is correct here. I don't think we're even close to a vaccine yet. And just blame the debate. What went in doubt, just blame the debate. That's fine. Blame, <laughs> blame politics. That's, that, that always does the trick. Uh, what about Micron here? We did have some earnings or one earnings report yesterday. Micron uh, was it was that report, and it wasn't. Uh, I, I mean, actually, I guess it was fine. They beat estimate on their EPS. They beat on their sales. Uh, so the earnings was okay. The guidance was not. Their EPS guidance they gave a range of forty cents to fifty four cents per share versus a sixty nine cent estimate. Sales. Five to five point four billion was in line, but light on that earnings per share guidance. Uh, so even though the earnings were fine, the forward-looking guidance not so good. What a crappy tech stock this has been. Let's call a spade a spade. What was the high in, in the year two thousand, Joel? In Micron, MU, uh, the old school tech stocks that just haven't come back. Uh, it 
Let me see. Joel's going out. Show us that long, long-term chart. Take us back 20 years ago, because we like doing that. And what was the all-time high back in Micron when everybody had to own it? Go way, way, way back to the year 2000. Uh, I think you're going to even find higher than 50. You're only, you're only seeing Yeah. 50. You know I feel what? like it was higher than that. Can you go I, further back, or that's it? Uh, let me see. I, I usually go back I remember. There. I remember numbers pretty good, and I kind of remember like a 75 on Micron. But Let me see. I, I'm I, trying to look myself. Well, they've also done several stock splits. So. Well, those should be in there. Actually, the Micron high, I'm going to a different chart. I got here. it. I 90. Got it. Go ahead. I got it. Yeah. 97.50. What do you have? 97.50. So $97. So if you were buying Micron back in the year 2000, a cool 20 years ago, $97. It is 20 years later, and you still are down 50% on your investment. Think about what tech stocks have done in the last five years. And this is your tech stock. This is the one. I mean, this, you know, it's been a value trap forever. I've been in it multiple times, in and out of it. I don't own it now. And you know what? I might never put this back in my long-term portfolio because despite making a lot of money, this stock has just been a 20-year dog. To be 20 years later in a tech in, in a NASDAQ that, you know, obviously went from 5,000 to 1,100, but now back, you know, where are we on the NASDAQ? 11,000? I don't even know. I don't ever, never look at it that way. I look at the Qs. Where are we on the NASDAQ? Nobody knows the answer to that question? <laughs> no, because I also, I also don't look at the index. I know. I don't either. I just look yeah, at the we're Qs. We're at 11. Call it 11. 11, 3, 2, 2. There so we go. anyways, you can see, you know, in the last, and obviously Micron sold off afterwards too. But I mean, all of these, this goes right into the same Cisco. Micron, Western Digital, you know, it can even kind of throw Intel in there. I mean, these have all just been the old school tech just never came back. Some of them did, but most a lot of them didn't. And this is that old school tech. And if you think that Micron's blasting off to $100, I don't think it is. I think this stock is just if it would have did that, it would have been doing it when the queues were going straight up for the last and, and look at and, I mean, just comparatively, you put the queue chart, the queues from April over Micron chart and Micron's kind of, you know, gone up a bit from the lows, but I mean, the NASDAQ went from, you know, the Q's went from 160 to 300. And then if you go even further, you know, you just look at the last seven or eight years. I mean, yes, Micron was down in the gutter at 10 bucks back in 2016, but I mean, this has just not been this, the stock that makes you money in the long term. And it always seems like they find a way to disappoint. They get the pop on the initial earnings and they come out with guidance and guidance isn't great. And there we are. We're back again in Micron, disappointing the street once again. Not interested. You you made yourself very clear on that, Dennis. I think very, very it's, clear. No, I mean, it's the truth. Uh, shorter term, this thing just has to hold 48 bucks. Uh, after 48, you fall into a gap area. And I think we discussed this either yesterday or on the uh, at the close show. I think that was due to an analyst move. And you got some follow through after that. Never like to see a move like that, a gap and go just off an analyst. You would like to see it more out of, you know, some of the fundamental like earnings. But just it had a good day yesterday. It's down a buck, uh, a buck ninety five. It's down, but not out. Uh, Pre-market low, though, it's telling you something. That's forty eight ten. So. Just keep eye forty eight bucks. If not, I think you get a nice whoosh down and maybe uh, fill a gap. You have a vacuum area down to forty six, forty eight. So be careful there under forty eight bucks. If you're wondering why the hell Duke Energy is up 
Wow. Duke. 6%, 6% this morning. Uh, it's because the – or 7% now. Uh, WSJ reported that Next Era had approached Duke Energy and said, hey, you want to you, you, you let us buy you? And Duke said, no, thank you. We appreciate your offer. So – Next Terra was looking to buy Duke. We don't know the price. We don't know any information about it, but just because they're sniffing around and they were sniffing around, the street's got to buy it up six bucks. This big utility stock. Maybe there's a deal to be had, but utility stocks aren't like little tech stocks. It's not going to get a 30, 40% premium. If they were going to do a deal, it'd probably be like 10, $15 premium tops. They're giving you a six on the rumor. So if I was long Duke, I would hit the bid all day long. That doesn't mean it can't go higher. It's been holding up the entire session. Yeah, it has. Maybe been it gets up. up to. It's been holding up well, but I mean that this is an overnight gift. So we don't know if there's a deal imminent. There may never be a deal here. It already sounds like Duke said no, uh, and they're giving you basically. It, it, look at look at what Duke moves. I mean, seventy eight to eighty eight takes a month and a half, two months to do that. You know, to get to go five, six, seven bucks, six bucks overnight. It's a huge move for Duke. So I think it's a gift if you're along it overnight. I was not. Um, can it lift some of the other utility stocks? Maybe they think, oh, they couldn't get Duke. Maybe they get somebody else. It's possible. So I'd keep, I'd think utility stocks would show some relative strength here today, just potentially in sympathy with it. If you are going to Nextera Energy, NEE, they usually hit the acquirer, and that's what they are doing here. In this case, they don't like the idea that NEE is looking you know, to buy something because that's obviously going to be, you know, uh, well, they usually hit the acquirers in that case. So stock's down four bucks there too. But again, NEE's been... Uh, probably best in breed in the utilities for a long time. The dividend's not great because the stock's been so good. So it gets down to low 270s. You probably find buyers there. We know the stocks, but didn't work. The earnings weren't great. But um, in any regard, I think you get down to 272, 273, you probably find buyers again. So fade trades been working the overall market. I believe the fade trade's going to work in these two. I don't think you're going to see immediate gratification in the Duke, but I do think, um, holy, we're going back to flat. I yeah, do can think... you believe that? We just had like a boy, oh boy, just with just about a 13, 14 point rally here. Uh, it's just thin Chop. in here. Chop. Yeah. Buying it's... dips and selling rips is making you money overnight here, too. Yeah, continues, every five continues minutes. Continues to work. Yeah. Even, uh, even in the short term and the long term, <laughs> buy the dip, sell the rip just works. That's, that's what you got to do in your long term portfolio, Dennis. You got to start scalping in now. <laughs> I think so. I've, I've tried to do that, but I scalp bad. In the long-term portfolio, uh, boy, uh, I I cannot remember when there was the last time there was a a merger in the utility sector of any substance. I mean that goes back a long time. Uh, uh, Dennis looked pretty good with his technicals on this NEE. Uh, this two seventy two two seventy three area has been very important for Duke. I mean, you're getting the utility moving up. Uh, you know. Five dollars and sixty cents, and crazy move. If you got this long, then gift. You're, 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 that that might not happen for another 10, 20 years. I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what ten or twenty years, but it ain't gonna happen. I I don't think there's a huge premium here, even if a deal gets done. Where do you think they're buying a Duke? I don't know. It's 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 not gonna be like oh we're gonna pay up thirty percent for a utility stock. If that deal was getting done, it's probably getting done at 90 or 95 bucks. 95 bucks. If they turned it down, it was probably offering them 90 because they didn't like the premium. So now the market's going to pay up 7% when the company itself didn't like the premium they were going to pay? This would be 
like, uh, you know how when Nike, you know, traded off earnings and it was up, it was gap. It was like, oh, man, this thing's never going down again. And then it never saw the pre-market levels in the regular session. I, I would keep an eye on this one, you know, that there's a bid there at 87, just over 87 here in the pre-market trading. You lose that bid at 87. I, I don't know where the heck you're going. The top of yesterday's range is way down there. So if you are playing this from the long side, anticipation of like a better bidder or something coming in, I don't know, or them up in the ante, 8340, that's the gap down area. I don't know what NWE is doing. They, you know, they, they, um, what did they, they do the stock split and the buyback. Then they have bad earnings and now they're going for a takeover. I don't know what's going on in that company. I think I, if I had that one long-term, I think I would just, poof, I would exit that one. Let them figure things out on their own. They seem to, I don't know, seem to be in the news too much for a utility, right? I don't, I don't understand. There's a lot going on there. Right. We, we, just yeah. got, we just got a GDP revision. Uh, remember, these GDP figures are annualized, so it's, it, it's not as bad as it seems. 31% drop. It wasn't actually that. That's just the, the annualized drop so the numbers aren't actually as bad as they seem on gdp but that that's a revision from looks pretty bad to me <laughs> yeah yes y yes okay it's not i'm not saying it's good but it's not that it's not as bad as it would seem because the number is annualized it doesn't represent it's not you know uh, it doesn't represent what would actually happen over the course of a year it's just you had a uh so economics I, major no i just know that gdp is annualized and and therefore it's never quite as good or bad as it seems. I did a minor in economics. Okay. Didn't help me with my trading, though. <laughs> That's true. We'll Didn't. go into my economics. The, the, the economy and the stock market are so disconnected. I, you can you imagine being an economist right now and you're trying to make market calls? I mean, tough gig. Tough gig. Maybe yeah. we'll find uh, Mikkel, uh What was that doctor's name that we had on for a while? Dr. Melnick. Yes. Remember him, no. Dennis? No. Mikhail Melnick? Yeah, the crazy Russian accent. He was yeah. a nice guy. Very He's nice. The goldfish memory. Killing, not he he was in at uh, Kennesaw State University. Super nice guy. Yeah. Let's yeah, get him back we'll... on so I can remember him again. Okay. Remember we had nice Dr. Guy. Doom on once, too. <laughs> Live from Asia. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, 834. I'll bring on our guest here. Uh, in one in in a minute. Uh, actually, let me just do it. Let's bring in the guest. He, we're ready. We were falling crazy. apart here. We he's need. In the Zoom, he's in the Zoom and he's raising his hand. Yeah, we're really... and we're a mess here. We need right. help. Kenny Glick. Uh, his site is hitthebid.com. Kenny, good morning. Oh, we're just jumping right in, huh? What's up? Yeah, you <laughs> raised your hand, so I brought you on. How are we doing? All right, man. What's going on? Thanks for uh, having me on. We are just talking through all sorts of things, moving past the debates if we can talking about the vaccine news we've gotten we've gotten we got china up today we've got a lot going on here what has been on your radar these past few days or past few weeks have you even just been trading the range like we've been trying to do yeah i like that look by the way nice uh, i like that massive screen behind you thank you uh yeah it actually has been some of the best trading i've seen since basically 1999 it really is 1999 all over again cue the prince song uh, no, what I've been doing is I've been chasing these IPOs. Um, so far, any IPO that breaks uh, the prior day high goes higher. And that was the trade we did in 1999 for basically every day. So if the IPO came out, if it actually went down 
day number two, you just waited for it to break the opening price from day number one and you bought it. So we had the U, we had GDRX, we had uh, CRSR, uh, and there was another one. But right now, we're just loving DraftKings. We're back in the Neo. We've been loving Workhouse. And we got this uh, NNDM this morning, which has been pretty good also. So it's been a lot of stuff going on and not really holding many overnight still. You know, I had, uh, you know, I had the U for a couple of days, got to 100. That was pretty awesome. But right now, just holding on to Neo and NNDM. And like every morning, I'm just ready to rock. Kenny, where do you find these stocks? You got like a scanner just looking for new highs. You find them on Twitter. Where do you find, you know, NNDM, for instance? NNDM was a, a friend of mine. You know, he's, he loves these cheapies under five bucks. Not my thing. So I was watching it. It had a pop a couple of months ago mm-hmm. and got to five, got crashed right back down under a buck 50. He mentioned it to take a look at it yesterday as it was coming above 220. And I was like, hey, you'll probably get back to 250. Maybe you get another spike to, you know, my VWAP is telling me around 281. So you got there this morning and then you, now you're just bopping around. But I don't really know too much about this. I think this is a new 3D printing type company uh, that has some government contracts, according to my buddy. And uh, yeah, just just joining in on the momentum, you know, sold most of it just now. But I'm trying to hang in there as long as it doesn't break under 250. And Neo, everybody knows about this one. Yeah. Really nice. I mean, this stock has defied, you know, logic. You know, they had that offering. You thought that would have been it. And they gobbled it up at 17. It consolidated and broke out again. Looked like it was going to roll again. And it consolidated and broke out again. And now we're at all-time highs. There's no reason not to like this. So I'm in, a, I'm in some big calls on this one. You know, I got 20s and 20, 2024 call spreads for this Friday. And I got the stock. So... I hope this thing, you know, hangs in there today. And if not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take some profit. I'm not going to let this thing go back below 2115, which was yesterday's high. Do you uh, got a target? Yeah, I'm looking for 2250. And then if we get through 2250, just like everything else, 2250 gets you 25. So if we get through 2250, I'm hanging in there and I'm thinking 25 by Friday. What's today? Wednesday? Yeah. So you just go right to the option strikes with those prices because that's obviously 22 and a half, 25, 27 and a half. Those are probably, you know, the standard strikes there. I I like it. Kenny, I I like it. I trade around those those strike prices, even if there are any strike prices there. Because yeah. this one has, you have dollar increments. So I'm in the 2024s. I bought the 20s for like a buck 12 yesterday. I sold some 24s for 15. So I got those. So now today, if this thing starts to move, I got the luxury to buy the 21s or the 22s or the 23s. But yeah, usually I'm looking at those stocks when they start breaking out of new highs. When I said you could probably go to 100, the whole point was if it gets through 80, you generally go to 100. You've been trading as long as I have. Stocks that break 80 generally go to 100. And you got the 100 on the U. So we're out of that one. Same thing with a lot of these stocks. CRSR broke 17.50. We're looking for 20. Got 20 yesterday. So I've just been trading the same style I've been trading my whole life. And the VWAP's just my guide to when to call it quits on a trade. Because if it breaks back below the VWAP or above it and I'm short, trade's over for me. I don't, I don't let my thought process get in the way because I've been wrong about this market for a while. You know, I thought we'd be going lower still and uh, we bounced, you know, 17 points on the queues already. So 
Uh, it's like you- that's it. I just want to stop him on that point before you go away because it's such a great point that he's made. He's saying he's been wrong on the market, but his 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 trading is still doing well because he's following his systems. I do the same thing. I'm right. I'm wrong. I'm all over the place. You know, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. It's a difficult market to call day to day, but yeah. I'm very systematic in my approach. That's why I'm more consistent. You know, like a, like even like a stock like Neo. I'm long Neo as well. And you look at something like this, and you're like, well, it's got the good route to strength. It's going up. The market, if I was just looking at the market, I might have shook out of this thing because the market started to puke. But, you know, here's a stock that's holding up well and your systems, you know, keep you in something like this. Correct. Yeah. Bucking the trend. You know, one of the first lessons I learned was that, you know, just because you're, let's assume like if the market's crashing or getting hammered and you have a stock that's up, you just assume, ah, the market will catch up to that. It's incorrect. Usually if it were bucking the trend, there's real buying going on here. You want to stay with the trend of the individual stock. So yeah, that's why I'm, I'm loving the Neo and I'm loving it already this morning, how it's, you know, it's had a couple of little pullbacks and just hanging in there. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about buying more. Hopefully it does dip so I can get some a little bit cheaper. A uh, couple of questions for you, Kenny. First from the chat, how far out do you go on, on your calls? I'm usually looking, I'm a day trader. So I'm looking at the money closest to expiration. So I'm in this week's. And if I want to own something, then I go out. Usually I'm a seller of puts. So let's say I really love this Neo and I want to be in it bigger. And I don't think this thing's going below 1750. I'll go look at like, let's say a December or January 17 put, and I'll sell the premium there, assuming that this thing's not coming back down, you know, just to have a little, just to, you know, add to the stock in, that I don't, I didn't get enough at 17 and and change sell some puts down there but normally you know i'm going right at the money or slightly out of the money at the closest expiration just like the u when the u came out i'm not looking at february contracts on you i'm buying the ones that just came out that second as soon as they came out we're buying right there those those octobers whatever we can get yeah i just want to caution anyone that's buying weeklies that expire in like two days just be careful because short-term weeklies short-term. were designed yeah. to sell well, it's it's a day trade <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, yeah if these trade especially if you're trading and we love them on thursdays and fridays too because normally what we're doing is we're just trading the stock for the day so why would you go out and buy you know a june 2021 neo 30 dollar call when you just want to make this dollar that's happening right in front of us you know and then second point i want to make kenny uh you were on our show. It was either in March or May. I forget when, but you were very early on the SPAC trade. You gave us the uh, the company that or the ticker that eventually became. Yeah, what was uh, that, Nicola, before? ETIQ. Oh, that's right. Kenny said that, and we had no idea what he was talking about, but we we rolled with it. And then a few weeks later, you know, it it became Nicola, and the rest is history. What do you think now? What do you think now? He's long gone. I don't even know. I'll tell you something. The day where the, the the news dropped and there was like this, first they had the GM. Everybody was like, oh, this must be a real company now. And then two days later, this thing's getting, you know, destroyed. There was a moment during that day where the stock actually went green. So that was a great day. It's like completely caught everybody off guard. And I love that trade when everything's telling you that this thing should be going down and it fights it off and goes green and rips the shorts heads off. Those are good days. Obviously it rolled back over and got hammered again, but you know, again, I'm more of a, a liquidity trader and just 
you know, looking for opportunities. Uh, you know, the only other stock I own right now is DraftKings because listen, this stock was doing well before sports came back. So how are you yeah. not loving DraftKings now? I'm on the site every day. Uh, you know, you got through the 40s, you got to the 50s, and you know, you almost hit 60 already. So if this thing pulls back to 4750, I'm buying this one for my kids, I'm buying this one for my mom, I'm buying some DraftKings. The way I look at it, I'm looking at it 3750. If I could get it at 4750, I'm risking 10 points for a stock that's probably gonna be 120, you know, $150 stock three years from now, I'm risking 10 points to make a hundred points on this stock. I love DraftKings. If you're what about Draft the other Kings? gaming stocks? Yeah, what about Penn? What about Penn gaming? That one, I don't know enough about it. And I think it's gone, what is it? It was a $5 stock trading at 70. That one's a little bit too rich for me, but, and I don't know, I don't know enough about it. And you know, I got, I got the DraftKings in my life. And stick, to what stock, you, you know, stick to what you know. That's yeah. Good. And by the way, the market was gapping down about five minutes ago. We never go down ever. <laughs> I tweeted that last night. You must be reading my tweets. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't know what that up. sell-off was in the futures, but I mean, you just can't stay short, especially the Qs. And like I said, I've been dead wrong. When we went, when we went looking down at that 262 area on the Qs, I was buying, you know, 258 puts. I was thinking 251 minimum, maybe 238. And, you know, I got blown out of that trade. So yeah, like I said, I've been wrong about this market. I thought we were, had some more downside and, you know, once again, the government comes to the rescue. Yeehaw, America. Uh, I should mention that uh, Penn got an upgrade this morning, or not an, an upgrade, a price target raise from Rosenblatt, uh, raising it to $90. So that could lift Penn and DraftKings this morning. Also, I don't know if we've ever mentioned before, but if you, if you're, if you are in this, into the space, and you want some international exposure, the parent company of FanDuel is also publicly traded. It's OTC. It's listed in London, but you can trade it in the U.S. The ticker is P. D Y P Y, and that's Flutter. That's Flutter. They own letters. They own FanDuel. Oh yeah, they're the one that bought. Um, yeah, our, they bought. Uh, they bought the Stars Group. Stars they bought, Group. They own yeah, FanDuel. So this oh, is yeah. some international flavor. We hate them for that. Into, uh, All right, cool man. If you're into that trade, uh, Kenny, are you gonna be? You mentioned IPOs. Are you gonna dabble in these direct listings today? We got Asana and Palantir. I've been waiting for Palantir for about two and a half years when I read about this company. Yeah, you, uh, you never what does it do? What? I don't even know what they do. No one knows. To me, to me, it sounds like the CIA is going public today. Like, <laughs> why would they want to go public? I hear these he's just like a spy software that's they're watching us right now. We shouldn't even be talking about it. I hear that they're like they're in cahoots with every government across the planet. So I want in. So as long as the stock's not completely overvalued, which I don't know anything about valuation, I'll just base it on the price. But uh yeah, we'll see how the action is, but I'm very excited. This is, like, well, this well, is one of the IPOs I've been excited about mostly. Well, they're not raising new money, so I guess that 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 would speak to not being overvalued. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I remember from their S one that you know they said that they couldn't disclose like who their biggest clients were, which you know just means DOD. Any any stocks you're picking on at all? Anything on the short side? Uh. Well, I just can I just give a, a shout out to all you Amarin lovers out there? Ha ha, you lose again. Amarin stinks. US Steel stinks. <laughs> dogs, <laughs> stay dogs for a long time. Yeah, that, it's like you're talking to. <laughs> what because these the you know I'm on the message boards, not as much as I used to be, but man, when you pick on a stock, everybody they, they come after your family. They they I, I love the idea that they think I'm some sort of paid basher. Is that a job? 
Are there, is there a real job out there where you get paid to bash stocks on <laughs> message boards? Can I? I would, I would love that job. That's that's a, that sounds like a great job. Fun, I mean, sounds fun. Your mother stinks. Oh my god, you're gonna burn. I mean, it's just I'm just telling you, if the stock breaks seven fifty, it's going to five. I don't, I don't, I don't mean any harm to you. I'm just trying to let you know. And they just insult my mom. They're coming after my kids. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I don't, I'm not really looking at too many, you know, shorts. I really started hating on that rocket mortgage again. Thank God I got out of it. But I got back in. I wish I would have stayed out. What a ugly one is, you know, obviously, last time me and you dogged it, it took off five or 10 bucks. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was insulting it as much as I possibly could that day because I owned it. <laughs> I was just like, I was mortified that I bought an IPO that broke a high and then it tanked 40%. I was like, wait a minute, that's not the way it's supposed to work. This, this company must be a fraud. But I don't know. Yeah, Strike I, I'm not really line. hating on yeah. much, but I'm, you know, I'm hating on the UVXY right now. What happened to that product? You know, it serves zero purpose now. It doesn't it always do serve zero purpose. I it's... mean, it used to have some sort of purpose. It would, it would, you know, show a little bit of strength to, you know, maybe predict a sell-off. Now it does nothing. It's just awful. And it's, they recommend it's it a product CNBC. for people to lose money in. The oh, yeah. high, so I can't even go back. We go back to 2014. The the high is 179 thousand dollars 800. How is that possible? Because this thing just continues to deteriorate over time. If you own this thing yeah. out six months, you just lose money. Yeah. So, and then they, I, I, I know, like, and and Bob Bright, you know, obviously at Bright Trading there, who's owned and run Bright Trading for years now. Rob runs it, but he was just short all of these products and just killing it. And then you know what they do? They pull the rug out from under that strategy too. And they put these ridiculous borrow rates on these things. Yeah. And you can't make money short in them like you could before either. So are yeah. they, or they make them hard to borrow. They just put ridiculous, get ridiculous rates on them. So it's like, this is a product that even the shorts that know it's going to go down, still lose money somehow because they charge you too much to borrow the thing. Absolutely. So these are toxic products that should have never been created. And they are literally just a way to lose money. Do not oh, yeah. buy these things long term. You will lose money. There's no guarantees in life, but there's like a 99.9% chance if you hold the UVXY out more than a couple of years, you're going to lose money. Wait a second. There is a guarantee in life. The Jets will never win a game ever. <laughs> that might be true. That might actually be well, true. Well, that applies to the Lions as well. So yeah. Actually, we won, though. The Lions won a game. Jets or the Giants. I'm not sure New York football will ever win a game ever again. Uh, at least we have the Yankees. All right. Uh, Kenny Glick is from hitthebid.com, one of our favorites. Kenny, thank you so much as always, and uh, stay safe out there. Good you luck. too, guys. Be good. I'll see you soon. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Kenny. All right. Uh, 8.50 here. Number of interesting ratings today. Starbucks getting an upgrade. Shopify getting an upgrade. Canada yeah. Foods upgraded. Hasbro upgraded. Look at this. Uh, Analysts yeah. coming out of their slumber. Yeah. So again, Tuesday night to wednesday morning is usually one of the big analyst days um i know i trade analyst ratings a lot i even have like you know like a formula where so much is worth so much you know because if i think the ratings worth five percent it's only up two percent i'll buy it so i mean i trade ratings probably more than anything and i've got the whole type of like you know quantitative arbitrage strategy around it so I follow it very closely. So I can tell you with certainty, it's usually Tuesday, Monday night and Tuesday night 
our big ratings night. Usually Tuesday night's the biggest one. Um, you never see any analyst ratings on a Friday night because they're already left. You know, they leave Thursday. They don't want to work Friday night. Who's putting research reports out on a Friday night? So I, I trade differently that way too. I'm always cautious. If I don't see, I see a stock moving after hours and I don't see anything on it. I was like, oh, it's probably a rating because it's Tuesday. If it's Friday and I see a stock moving, I think it's just dumb money and I would fade it because the only thing coming out on Friday might be somebody trying to sneak in some you know, bad news type deal. But understanding the day of the week and how you know stocks trade after hours is a strategy in itself as well. But taking you right back to Shopify, which would be my rating of the day, Wedbush making the call here. Um, give us the details, Spencer, on that rating on Joel Breakdown Technicals. Yeah, Wedbush upgrading to buy, raising their price target to $1,300. So this is just, again, and we had Andrew left on yesterday. And if you missed the interview, one main point to take off is something that me and Mitch have been saying forever story is everything that's what and we, we mentioned that to andrew and he says it's the only thing that matters the shopify story completely intact the valuation is nuts it's insane but you know what it doesn't matter because this market doesn't care about the bottom line it only cares about top line top line's growing like crazy the story's intact it's online it's everywhere it wants to be and analysts are all hot for it and that's why it continues to even find upgrades when you think everybody's already upgraded the thing and got a buy rating on it you can find another one that had a you know a, a neutral rating to come up to buy so am i a buyer of pullbacks on shopify probably you know, am I sticking in my, you know, long-term portfolio at these? No, that's a different story. In long-term investing, you got to use a little fundies. But as a trader, you care zero. If you're a short-term trader, swing trader, day trader, give zero to fundamentals. Get absolute zero to fundamentals. Don't sit with your, you know, calculated, calculated P and think you're going to make money on the stock in the next week because that is meaningless. Over the 20 years, it might mean something. But in the short run, especially in this market, all that matters is the story. And the story in Shopify is still intact. That's why I'd be a buyer of pullbacks in Shopify. Interesting area that it's coming into. Uh, you did just sneak over 1050 uh, earlier. Uh, that actual high comes in at uh, 1050, 55. But this is the big bogey for the stock here. Uh, on its fall from grace from that 1150 area, you had a daily high at uh, 1058.70. So, that's the big one. Getting through the 1050. This is uh, it's back. It's making a new high for the rebound off the 850 low. So you're still six bucks away from the pre-market high, but a little bit longer term, looking at that 1058.70 level. But, Don't uh, chase though. I yeah, just it's not up from a fan. Eight, yeah, up 200 it's, points. Yeah, I mean, here's a good point. Op is making in the chat. I mean, it was 901 dollars four days ago. So now it's 1050. You're buying it now. Now you're doing it backwards. What have we been saying? Where do we start the show? Buy the dip, sell the rip. I mean, you get up near 1100, you got all sorts of resistance on this. It's more of a time on some of these stocks to maybe be thinking about taking profits if you're a short-term trader. Uh, but you know, you get a nice dip, you get back to the 950 area in Shopify, then you strike. Just like Kenny was saying, if DKNG was to pull back to that 4750 level, he'd load the boat. So he's buying the dip in a strong stock. Buy the dips in strong stocks, sell the rips in weak stocks. That makes money. What about Turtle Beach uh, today, ticker H-E-A-R? Not a ton of analyst coverage, but they're getting initiated this morning at a buy from Stiefel. I think Stiefel might be only the fourth or fifth sell-side analyst with, with, uh, with coverage on this stock. So very lightly covered. Uh, buy rating this morning from Stiefel, $23.50 is their price target for H-E-A-R. 
been a quiet stock. Very Mitch quiet. was actually talking about this one yesterday. So, um, you know, and obviously gets the rating here now. If this breaks above 18, it's yeah, a breakout they, mode. Yeah. This is a rating. Stiefel is the quiet analyst that moves stocks. I have a, you know, when you I rank them all, I got Stiefel, believe it or not, near the top. It's right up there. And you don't think about Stiefel, you know, as having as much influence as a Goldman Sachs. But they, when they make calls, the stocks move. Stiefel will move stocks. And it's up 3% this morning. It's kind of quiet. It's a sneaking. It's not much volume. If you can pick this one up on the cheap, I think it breaks out today. I think it can move over 18. 18 is still resistance. Look at that. Broken, Look at that. But Jeez. I think this That's is the a... kind of rating that can make it break out. I might. I don't own it right now. I might try to buy this on the open because I think this rating could move the stock. And there is just so many. It highs at 18 here Huge. between 18 and 18.31. I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there's your clear bogey up 55 cents. Not a lot of pre market trading here, but wow. uh, yeah, then you get to that. Then you got to work to that candle, you know, where it came off the 21 high. It had a bad couple days. So you're going to find some intermediate sellers in there, but uh, I like this one. Uh, just clearing 18, currently trading up 55 cents at 16.85. And in that same analyst that's default, sorry Drew, about the chart. That same analyst, uh, Drew Crum, at Stiefel is upgrading Hasbro to buy this morning, giving it a price target of $100. Again, <laughs> Stiefel moves stocks, Hasbro. You know what? This is just like the opposite of Mattel. I don't understand it. To a certain extent, but you know, obviously they've got you know the, from a relative strength perspective, they've just killed Mattel. Um, you look at the longer term chart here, and if you just take and I, I try not to think of it's a toy maker, um, but if you just looked at it and you didn't know what it did, and you were just looking at the technicals and you looked at the chart from the last three months, you see all this you know eighty dollars, eighty dollars, we're hanging out at eighty dollars. It feels like forever the eighty dollar area. Eventually you might get a breakout. And what Kenny was saying, if this thing gets over 85, then you think about 90. It gets over 90, you think about 95. I like that strategy. I think that strategy works. It's very simple, but simple works. And I think if this thing could get over 85 and hold it, I think then you're in breakout mode. And maybe that $100 target isn't unrealistic. I have uh, trouble buying it though, because it makes toys. Yeah. Pair of highs, 83.14, 83.26 from uh, the second and the third. You're up above there right now. A couple thousand shares have traded. So you just want to make sure it doesn't lose that 8320 area. Uh, the breakout, if you were looking at just like on a daily chart and you just wanted to trade it on a daily, if it looked like, you know, two highs at 82 would have been fun. But uh, I don't know if you're going to get that low today. Maybe over the next couple of days it might drift lower. But uh, old resistance there, new support. And uh, looks like you're clearing those pair of highs at 83 and a quarter i just looked up what uh hasbro's brands are so they've got all the disney licensing so they make all the star wars and the marvel and the disney princess toys but they've got uh monopoly they've got play-doh they've got gi joe mr potato head tonka nerf the the good ones and the I timeless guess, ones i guess those are the good ones i don't know the good well ones. they're timeless <laughs> I mean, my kids plays with Play-Doh. I played with Play-Doh. I played with Mr. Potato Head as a kid. My kids play with Mr. Potato Head. So I guess they've just figured out the timeless ones. I, I guess. Um, Mattel's got Barbie, though, right? Yeah. So that's their big one. But, I mean, you think about, like, through the years, and, you know, if you have the timeless toys, they continue to just pump them out. I, and I, I'm, with, them. I'm with James in the chat, though. Like, who, who honestly cares about that stuff when I've got, you know, uh, 
iPhone in my face, you know. Well, I'm telling. That's what I said. I have trouble buying the breakout yeah. here because of the toy maker. But if you just looked at the technicals, and it seems like this market is trading purely technically, this looks like a cup and handle potential breakout in Hasbro, and it does look like it could go to a hundred bucks. So forget it's a toy maker. If you're just say trading the technicals, I, if you get, a, I'm not saying chase it. I hate chasing stocks. But if you get this, you know, thing in the 82s today. Maybe you know, maybe it you know, maybe it pops up to eighty four and then pulls in a little bit with the overall market. It, it it could go. It didn't work in Polaris yesterday, though. I tell you that that Polaris chart, and obviously it's trading up here this morning, but that Polaris chart did not work yesterday. Um, it was up in the pre market. It was going to be on Mad Money, and it went down all day. Obviously, the market not helping it. It's popped back up here this morning, but sometimes you know when you're chasing, and I tried to chase a Polaris a little bit, you get hurt. So here I say, don't chase. I tried to chase Polaris, and I lost money on that yesterday. Yeah, we were. You were actually. We actually talked about it coming back into yesterday's range. I, then, and it did, but yeah. I struck too early. I thought, you know, when it pulled back, it was like ninety six, and then I started striking in ninety four, ninety three, and it just kept tanking. So, and I've I've sold it. I had to cut the loss because it kept tanking, and obviously on short term trades, I put my stop myself out. But uh, I thought that would get more love for Mad Money, and it didn't. It didn't get any love at all. It, a little bit where. And you've seen the Jim Cramer trades off Mad Money. It used to be like, oh, you buy it, it's going to be on Mad Money. It'll automatically go up. Very crowded trade right now. And you're actually seeing them go down after they're on Mad Money. So I think everybody's just now seen that trade and it's crowded. So be careful just buying stuff because it's going on Mad Money. I thought it would have got some, some life ahead of it. I, like I, I'm kind of like the Mad Money is the event. So I thought it would have been lifting ahead of the event. But that didn't even happen. Sold off all day. But again, the market probably didn't help it either. All right, it's already nine o'clock. Time kind of flew by this morning. See, I told you we, we wouldn't talk about the debate for more than a couple of minutes. And I what feel, debate? I feel like we there stuck was a to debate. That. Yeah, I feel like we stuck to that. So um, I know there's a bunch of stickers in the chat. I'm sorry we didn't get to them. I've written a few of them down. Uh, we'll cover them at the 3:40 show, uh, Joel and I. Uh, but we're out of time for the day. I want to thank our guest Kenny Glick. Thanks to all of you in our chats. I want to see some more likes. I love seeing likes. It helps us with the YouTube algorithm and it just makes me feel better about myself. So thanks for those likes that we've gotten. Thanks to all the super chats. Uh, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Like I said, we'll be back at 3:40 PM Eastern time on our YouTube channel until then everyone have a good rest of your Wednesday. This is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall. He knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.